0: Welcome to Darkly Lit, where we venture into the creepy house past the train tracks and look beyond the dead animals locked in the basement. I'm your host, Kayla King, and to my right is my husband, David King. I don't want to be a coat rack. I don't like these antlers! Will you guys adopt me? (laughs) That's the plan. and our future uh, adopted child.
1: Uh, <laughs> just, my last name is technically already Kings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> plural.
0: <laughs> we are. Th- I should just start introducing us as the three Kings. I am. I am your host, the first King, Kayla King. To my right is David King, and then our third King
2: is the heir apparent.
1: <laughs>
0: Jesse
1: Sade Reyes. It always sounds weird to me when when because I know it's my nickname and it's just as much as my name as Jesse is, but it, it's always weird for me when I hear Jesse Sade Reyes and like, oh, that's right, that's what you do.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know how to introduce you. Uh, it's a form of habit when um when you ever write someone's name uh down professionally or like for a letter uh mm-hmm. first name nickname nickname in um quotations. Yeah, last name. and then last name.
1: I know. I just for me like Sade has always been such a separated, like an entirely separate identity. Do you like my actual name? Okay.
0: <laughs> Should we just call so. him Sade on this then? Or
1: yeah, Sade's fine. like that's what I go by on the the Witching Hour. Okay, fair enough. So all uh, right,
0: arthur Can
2: we? Can we? Can we? But if we're gonna keep the Three Kings moniker,
1: yeah, we, we might. You at least drop also Sade's thing. I do sometimes like to go, uh, just drop the es and go by Ray.
2: Oh, nice, just Ray. Sade yeah. Ray. <laughs>
1: Sade, Sade Ray. <laughs> no goodness. That's your that DJ work name at all. That's your DJ name. <laughs> well, to make things even more confusing, I, I post work under the pen name Dead N and sometimes I use Dead Ray. So like Dead King. Ooh, that's.
0: Ooh.
1: Cool. I'll just
0: call it Sade for now. Okay. Yeah, let's just are, go with Sade. Are, are, are King Sade.
2: That, there we go. There we go. Our third king. We're going to bring, uh, and that coming December, we're going to deliver a uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh to some baby in a hay trough. Anyway. Yeah. So
0: the, the, I, that's how I'll begin it. Because
2: are, a star told us to.
0: Since I'm, uh, since I'm now a king, I can say, um, I, <laughs> I, I will introduce this show and then say, uh, I, we are the three kings. I am your first host, Kayla King, to, and then... Go through the whole spiel and yeah, actually, this, s- we're
2: everybody gets to hear us talk about how we're going to introduce ourselves in future episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: hey, uh, hey, hey, King the First, That's
0: technically-
2: uh, though, which is weird because I'm technically you took my name, so you no, be, no, no,
0: you're King. The, you technically, I'm King the
2: First. Yeah,
0: you're born first, well.
2: That's true. I am the oldest.
0: So, actually, in terms of birth order, that would be true. You be King the first, say be King the second, and I be King the third. Fellow rulers of Orientar, what are we reading? <laughs> so, we, <laughs> what
2: have we read to discuss in this dark and horrid library? So,
0: uh, we read a short story called "The Quiet Boy" by Nick Antosca, and this will serve as the basis for an upcoming movie in 2020 called Antlers. I decided to do a little bit of uh, research into Nick Antosca, and I did not realize this when I chose this story. I I swear. (laughs) So, well, we
1: we chose the story as a group essentially because we're all curious about the movie. Yeah, exactly.
0: We we knew it was the basis for the movie. We.
1: I should
2: have recognized the name, though, because I've been neck deep in this before. So So,
0: uh, Nick Antosca is known for being the creator and showrunner of Channel Zero. (sighs) However, I also realize he created and show ran uh, the series The Act, which I've heard is really good. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Like, it's uh, uh, I I think it's supposed to be an anthology series. But I know one of the stories is based off um, uh, the story of. uh, Oh, my gosh. Um, I I just know the, uh, documentary Mommy Dead and Dearest, Uh about uh, Gypsy Rose and how she killed her mother.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And that is a fascinating story, and I've Mm -hmm. heard that it's been portrayed pretty well on Mm. this TV show, but he's done, um he's wrote and produced a lot of work like he actually produced the horror series hannibal which is a brian fuller show and it was actually pretty good i I, i've
1: been that's been on my list for the longest time to watch
0: i so i watched the first few episodes um when it came out and i i struggled to watch it because it is a bit too gory it was a bit too gory for me at the time um as an adult, like now, who has watched a lot more horror movies and seen a lot more, I think I can handle it better if I watch it again. Because from what I saw, it was good. Like it, would, like it was a fascinating story. It was a, it, and also I really like Brian Fuller's shows. Like he did Pushing Up uh, Daisies and as well as uh, American Gods. So it's like, I, I, it's like did like I, me. He did Dead Like Me. I love Dead Like Me. Like, the, like I was so ecstatic by this. So when I heard Hannibal was coming into a show, of like this sounds so good, and my stomach could just couldn't handle it. But I know yeah. Sade will love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've had multiple people who are like, "This is this is your show. Why aren't you watching this?" And I'm just like, "I'll get to it eventually." I'm, I'm probably somewhere <laughs>
2: in the middle.
0: So I. I, on that. I it's hard because it, um I'm not in terms of Nick Antosca's work his uh, the shows that he has worked on can be hit or miss. Um,
2: um in terms of Channel I'm... Zero, more power to you if, if you enjoy it but um, not a fan. Think it uh, people who know me know I very publicly stated how I feel about Channel Zero as a mm-hmm. whole which is I I don't think it's very good at all and um just completely misrepresents what a lot of the original source material was, and mine source material uh, that could have been really interesting into kind of very generic modern horror schlock. Mm-hmm. But, again, your mileage may vary. Um, I, I just... that's how I feel. Uh, it's okay to like things. I just, video, objectively, so, I think it's not very good. Yeah.
0: Again, I if, and this is true of a lot of writers. Like, I, I mentioned to David recently, I, I won't say out loud which author in which book, but I read one book... <laughs> recent uh this year that was amazing it was probably my favorite book of the year and then i read another book by this same author and it was just so blah i i wasn't too fond of it which again i i think this is the case for a lot of writers like sometimes your work's gonna be good sometimes it's gonna be bad we actually came across that with uh uh oh what's his name uh Nathaniel, um, uh, he, he we read the Electric Boner. Nathaniel Lewis. Oh, like, yeah. Like we loved his yeah, one yeah. short story. Like we just, it was so amazing. And then we were just, and
2: then we read the Electric Boner. And we're like, Ahh. yeah. So,
0: yeah. but let's let's talk about this one work, The Quiet Boy. Who wants to give the summary?
2: Uh, I could. Okay. If you don't mind, I have a question, real quick. Sure. Before we get into the summary, when was this written? Do you know?
0: Twenty nineteen.
2: Oh, this is new.
0: This is really new.
2: Interesting. Okay, I didn't like, realize Nick that- Ann Costa was still writing basically creepypasta. Because the, the best way I can sum this up is it's basically a creepypasta story.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, and I definitely re- got that feeling going through it. Oh, it's, it's, a well,
2: it's, it's like a well-polished pasta story, but it reads like a pasta story, you know?
0: Yes, so, I, I had the same feeling too.
2: So the book follows a, um, oh my gosh, I cannot remember her first name, Miss Grey our teacher julia?
0: julia julia
2: julia yes. julia gray who is a teacher who is uh in a town called uh it was Re- rex 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 rexford rexford, rexford.
0: rexford. west virginia
2: She's a, uh, a teacher in a town called rexford west virginia it's kind of a wrong side of the track kind of place in general um and uh she takes particular notice of this one boy in her class who seems particularly poor and troubled um the titular quiet boy. Mm-hmm. Um, when she sets up a short story sort of writing thing in order to cha- you know, challenge the students, she gets really interested in what he is writing and not only writing but drawing, and um, begins to wonder if it's reflective of his life at home. And when she starts to get into his... Like, start peering into his life and trying to figure out why he seems so troubled and what... It is motivating the sort of darker aspects of his story and his personality. She gets a lot more than she bargained for when she realizes that uh, something terrible has happened to his father and his brother. Something terrible and supernatural and involving antlers. <laughs> antlers! <laughs> like the movie! <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of people die and, and some stuff happens
0: okay um
2: sorry i mean i I don't want to go through the entire story summary because we're gonna break it all down here anyway it's a short story i got through mm-hmm. it in maybe you know, half an hour at the most it didn't uh, take me that long to read
0: i would say it took me a half hour as well yeah same i read it earlier
1: today
2: <laughs> me too i want it's that's fair because i wanted it like fresh in my mind when we talked yeah, about
0: it. yeah i read it last night um again same thing i wanted to have it fresh in my brain but I knew I was going to be busy today for work, so I was like, I'll just do it uh tomorrow. uh yeah the day before or yesterday yeah (laughs) so that way i can get it done uh okay what is our i guess what's our general opinion of this what is our
1: uh uh i i know i i wish i had read this before knowing it was gonna be a movie especially because i had the like the visuals from the trailer in my head Mm -hmm. and i was trying to keep those out as i read but that was very difficult uh uh With with keeping it with the thought in my mind, like oh, this is going to be a movie. As I was reading it, I almost felt like, man, this was written to like hopefully pitch as a movie. (laughs) It it's kind of, but I I, but I have to wonder if it is that just I only feel that way because I know it is being made a movie.
0: I think I think another thing too, it is written by someone who does work in mm. television. Yeah, that's He's
2: already and got connections. He
0: does. And uh, he's been working for quite a long time, too. So, I mean, um, at least 10 years, I want to say. Wow. Uh, so he has connections, so he knows this way. And I-, I think for someone, he is a writer for a lot of, Television too, so I, I assume that it would reflect in his writing. But who's to say that he intentionally wrote it for television or, or for a movie, a movie? I, he could have just written it on as his own. But I have no doubt, like writing for television, probably influenced his writing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think maybe
1: one of the reasons I felt that way and that is this is probably because he has that experience writing for TV like all the visual elements in this story were, were very well described mm-hmm. oh yeah and oh, yeah. that's like maybe that that add to that feeling of like oh you are this is a pitch
2: <laughs> he used it and it I, I, ironic uh, you know he does channel zero and he t- doesn't right, really right. seem to grasp well, how <laughs> to uh,
0: look he was a co-creator I mean co-creator and also mm-hmm. you gotta realize this could be there's a lot of people like i am trying to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah
1: i mean and i don't really say that as a criticism that's just the feeling that i got overall i i, I mean i did enjoy it yeah yeah i thought it was a it was a fun enough read mm-hmm. for 30 minutes of entertainment
2: mm-hmm. um, i actually haven't seen the trailer so I had no problems keeping it out. Oh, okay.
1: Plan. I've seen it multiple times now because I go to the movies too often. Oh, okay. Oh, that's true.
2: See, now I'm a- I'll am be interested to watch the trailer and see. Okay. I don't know if it's one I'm particularly jumping, chomping at the bit to see after having read the story. But because uh, the story is fine. That's, that's the biggest compliment I can give the story. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It did what it set out to do. I started reading it. I became engaged. Even the parts I was kind of like, uh about i was still you know i was along for the ride and when i was done i was like well i didn't i i it was it was fine i i enjoyed i enjoyed the parts of it i enjoyed mm-hmm. do i think it's amazing not not a, not particularly i've i've it treads a lot of ground i've read time and again in creepypasta stories but it's mm. for what it's worth i think the story does a serviceable job um with what it's trying to do and i guess we'll get more into the details of that as we go but overall it's fine
0: um I think for for sure it's well written. Like this, there's a lot of scenes that actually I was like, oh, like got me more involved. I, especially the scene where Julia goes up to the house is very anxious and tense, and um, it did keep me kind of wondering, okay, what's going to happen? And it, there's a part of me that wanted thought, okay, it's going to be like this. I did not expect two dead bodies. I really did not expect two dead bodies, to be honest. I was expecting just supernatural creatures from mm-hmm. the get-go. Mm-hmm. But I, I it was a tense moment, and I did like how she found the two dead bodies, and I was like, oh, wow, this this went to a place I didn't expect. Damn.
2: Yeah, that was a good bit. That's when <laughs> you realize, oh, man, all bets are off, because like, they're not werewolves, and it's not that on the nose, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And that was a good subversion. Um, there, again, it's a lot of good writing, and... I I think, uh, for the most part, I like a lot of it. Um, I t- it's weird. I think I love the realistic parts of it for the most... Actually, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. I love the realistic parts of it. The supernatural bits are eh to me. I, I think I wasn't too fond of having a supernatural twist, to be honest. hmm I would have, like, there is a, so there is a point where, uh, like, she, the kid is at her house, and she's watching over him, because just, dis- the cops have discovered, there's two dead bodies here. Yeah. Um, and they're still, ex- the cops are still exploring the house, and, uh, they call Julia, and they're like, Julia, there's, there's dead animals locked in this basement. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them, and they're recent. And that's when you're like, I, at first I was like, oh, oh, shit, that'd be so cool if it turned out this kid is just Insane, and he killed his family, and uh, he's like, I was hoping it would go that route. Like, like you, and then now she's stuck here with this, like, child that's like not quite right in the head and is like basically Michael Myers. I was like, oh, I wanted to go this route, but then it went the supernatural route instead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I knew it was going to
1: go the supernatural no, I, route because, again, because of the trailer. So, But yeah, I do like that idea of more. I think that would have been yeah. more fun.
2: I wouldn't even mind the supernatural route if, say, for example, the kid... Had some sort of spooky power with him, you know. That would have been fine, like just some something minor, because they already implied the supernatural thing with all the stuff that um, Julie Julie saw in the, um, in, the house. in the
0: living yeah. room. Yeah, th- that could have been interesting. Like it's like the ghosts or uh... like the,
2: the whisper behind her and all that. In yeah. all caps.
0: <laughs> yeah, Um <laughs> I think I was I was fine with
1: the supernatural stuff even up to the end. Yeah. The one like little detail that like stuck out. And I was like, "That's I don't like that at all." It was the the whole like, "Oh, this supernatural force is so spro- strong, it's jamming my phone signal." Oh yeah, yeah. There's a couple
0: like it doesn't feed on he on human flesh. It feeds on pain. I'm like,
2: that's a little bit of a conclusion to jump to.
0: Well, and also it's like I don't know why you're saying this. This why
2: that's again. It's moments like that. That, that there were there were certain moments in here where I'm just read well this is a creepy pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the whole for example, the whole feeding on pain. It's edgy, but I was like I, that one didn't bother me as much as like the phone one. I was like, you know what, you be the you. The phone you be one. Edgy. Yeah.
2: Well, okay. The phone, like, moments in the story that I liked was, like, the realization that the house was boarded up, and uh, the boy was living in a tent in the backyard. Mm -hmm. That was a really good detail. I liked that. It was both sad and intriguing.
0: Well, and another thing, too, is this is a very realistic situation. There are a lot of teachers who, who will have that kid, like, will have that quiet child who clearly is from the wrong side of the tracks, has is like starving like clearly malnourished and it comes from a broken home Mm -hmm. and they just kind of get ignored because they're not sure what to do. Yeah, like this. Um, well, oh. like
2: that. Like I said, I, I just feel like like details that stick out to me mm-hmm. in terms that were good like are tend to be the ones that are more grounded in reality. And even the supernatural yeah. stuff was pretty cool. I just there was a certain point where I kind of it kind of fell. And and this is just coming from someone who is a self proclaimed expert on a dead genre. Um, it started to really go into stuff I've read time and again in Creepypasta. Yeah. The. Um,
0: well, is the, guy-
2: the entities themselves the phone jamming the uh, the feeding on pain the the kind of druggy kid across the street who tells her you shouldn't go there mm-hmm. the fact that our our, our, our protag, despite her better judgment, continues to press into the house when she could easily, like, realize the place is abandoned. Like, if I, you know, in another, in other scenarios, if you'd seen the tent in the backyard and saw the kid clearly doing this thing, you would walk away and then, like, call, call social services or something, right?
0: I assume so, but...
2: Like, but they, we have to find a way to get her in there so she could see the scary, scary. So, um, and, like, the details in the house were fine, but even going through the house felt very kind of creepypasta-ish, especially, like, the, the weird smudged pentagram on the table. I'm like, oh my god, this is so... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, and, like, I do want to talk about the entities themselves the, um, you know, that show up. Oh, the fact that they uh, can only be warded off with light was kind of... By the way... Kind, I felt a little bit thrown in. I don't know. Look, I, I, in its own logic, like, everything was pretty sound. It's just as someone who is so jaded with creepypasta, it's like, yeah, this is c- kind of a little bit of this is by the numbers or at least very very heavily used tropes so
0: question were you guys able to figure out what the monster was oh or yeah what they are oh yeah um, I know yeah I was I know you were able to figure we, it out.
2: the moment I, so so Kayla and I hadn't seen each other all day and the moment I got home I looked at we basically looked at each other and I was like
0: don't say uh, say did you figure it out like what the what they are I just assumed they were
2: wendigos because the yeah. antlers.
0: Yep. Wendigos. They're, they're absolutely. They're,
2: wendigos. Are, there's no doubt in my mind they're wendigos.
0: Yeah. That, it didn't hit me actually until this morning. I was like, wait, wait. They're wendigos. You know, <laughs> I mean, like,
1: the traditional, like, purest sense of the wendigo don't actually have antlers. That's like a depiction that came from, like, people's art. But yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that. I mean, the, it's interesting that that's become so prevalent. I actually did my research after I read this story because I knew, I knew this wasn't. I, I know, I knew it was a more modern thing. Like it never came mm-hmm. up in a lot of the folklore I'd read before about Wendigos. Yeah, but it's
1: look, definitely like, much more. Yeah, a, a like, modern. What's with the whole, what's it's with, an implant.
2: Yeah, what's with the whole antler thing? there's there's a, a lot of stories about the source but a lot of people point to a filmmaker named larry Fessenden. Mm. yeah supposedly um um he was inspired by like certain we- wendigo stories like he conflated a bunch of things in his head and uh may actually made a short movie in 2001 called wendigo
1: yeah 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 that's right and that's kind I of one of this. the
2: earliest examples of like the wendigo being depicted as an antlered deer like mm-hmm. monster and it just kind of lodged itself in the cultural consciousness after that a lot of places like you said, art, Art. Uh, people often depicted it that way in art. Other people went with it, too. Uh, the Wendigo had that look in Pathfinder, which helped exacerbate that. Pathfinder's been around for about ten years. So, um, that helped mm-hmm. you know, like there's all kinds of ways, but it's just interesting that that's now sort of the modern, accepted, like, if it's got antlers, it's probably a Wendigo.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm working, I still, I meant to finish it Halloween, but I didn't, but I'm working on a doll where the the doll's story is she's in the process of being possessed by a Wendigo, and I've, mm-hmm. I've sculpted this. I didn't want to do just, like, an antler, like, a, like a, an elk and, like, antlers. Head skull, uh-huh. So I sculpted a, a bear skull instead, but I'm going to give it the antlers because I have to give it the antlers. <laughs> uh. I think that
0: the one eerie thing I, and I think is the best decision in this whole... I think the best choice that the writer made for this story was having... Two dead bodies in the house. I'm not going to lie. I really like that detail. That was like, oh, I did not see that coming. And then also... What's that,
2: that? Yeah, I agree. That was a good detail, especially after mm-hmm. feeling the, the activity yeah. in the house. Especially
0: even if you're going in and thinking, okay, the, I've seen the in the trailer. They're clear, Wendigo's. Okay, they're Wendigo. Why are there two dead bodies? Aren't they supposed to possess people? Well, they have no one to possess. What, what's going on? Uh, but then I thought, of because for those who don't know, one of the things that Wendigo's do is they... Um, take over um, people's bodies and, like, use them for violent, cannibalistic purposes. Um, But that isn't to say these... It has to be alive people. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't that be twisted if it's, like, they've been using the corpses of these people? That's what I had thought at first, because,
1: like, what I understand of, like, the traditional Wendigo, and, like, I could be off and confusing it with other Wendigo versions, but it's, uh, you you can become either, like, possessed or you become a Wendigo yourself. So its I always understood it's that, that one body that then morphs, and that's what I thought it was. And then it's like, oh, corpses, and they're old, huh? Yeah. And so I think they switch it up and made their own lore in that sense is mm-hmm. like oh it's a separate entity of sorts it is kind
2: of tied to the entities are kind of tied to the corpses though because once the corpses yeah. left the house they were able to go start massacring everything
0: because mm. that, that was something the boy kept saying it's like why'd you take them out of the house as long as they're in the house they were safe so- I didn't like I didn't like that because it, it explained how
1: how it was possible for this one child to keep these two terrible entities uh, restrained in the, in the house mhm um, and the twisted
2: part is realizing that they're more or less created from the souls or the spirits or the egos or whatever of these mm-hmm. of his father and his brother so, but they're there's something else entirely
0: uh, and I think that's still a hint that like these both the brother and the father at least definitely the father had must have had violent tendencies or had had a dark soul because that's what Wendigos are known to be uh uh tend to appeal to if that's what it, if I recall
2: maybe i mean it could also be that the um the 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 father was probably i don't know how it like he didn't really explain it i felt like the father was supposed to like the implication i thought was that the father was the one who was doing this stuff to summon the wendigos but i'm not sure
1: no, i think what the was. way the the kid explained it was that the father did some kind of rituals sp- so that when he and the younger brother died, they would come back as Wendigo's?
2: Yeah, but why why just him and the younger brother and not not the middle brother, not the not the older brother?
1: The yeah, Fire that l- that wasn't explained if it was like That's kind of if, Yeah, that's up for speculation. Yeah. <laughs> I do. The and w- I, I just want to say cuz I
2: mentioned it earlier, I don't think the antlers image is even a bad image. I no. think it's really cool. I just it's, it's important to know that it's that it is a modern thing it doesn't it's not a super ancient thing and it, and you can actually trace sort of its source origins back to certain things it's mm-hmm. sort of a cultural pastiche but you know it still happened and i think there was some new stuff here and the antlers were supposed to be were kind of the giveaway that this was what they were mm-hmm. and then that and the the ultra violent like murdering stuff for the sheer joy of it thing the depravity
1: yeah mm-hmm. i mean if you look at like like antlers like they're fucking cool like it's still a really cool like image it's unsettling yeah so I don't I don't I don't mind them too much I don't. I don't um, I'm not saying
2: I don't mind them. It's just it. it falls into that realm of, of me kind of going, oh no.
1: <laughs> I did uh, enjoy like the way the the child indigo was described, and like it's hopping around and like sucking on its hand or thumb or whatever. Because I don't, I don't see a lot of like babu monsters too often. I do it, enjoy. It's nice monsters. to see
0: a babu monster. Like this is clearly <laughs> a young child, like five years old. Mm. And um, it, it's, or maybe even younger. Like if someone, if they're sucking on their phone, though. Like they're well, he's just...
2: sucking on his, like all of his fingers. He's got like a hand in his mouth all the time. Yeah. So yeah. He
0: could be like two or three for all we know. That's
1: true. Uh, yeah. I think if the, uh, the Wendigos were a bit more flesh and blood in that you know, they're not blocking phone signals or floating over the ground, I would have enjoyed that a bit more. Yeah. Because um, windigos are like, they, it's, it's, oh, what's the word? That's starving, but not the another word for like starving. Famished? starving Famine, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind famine spirit. Famine and, and greed is kind of what, what their base is. And for me to experience those things, you have to be very earth bound.
2: Good, um, good point.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I, if, if you're gonna give me some windigos, I want them to be flesh, cold flesh, but still flesh nonetheless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's how I feel about it. But I mean, overall, like I, I don't feel like I wasted thirty minutes having no. read it. Yeah, I'm, I mean- I'm more, I'm more curious about what they're going to take from this and keep in the movie and what they're going to change.
2: I'm curious how they're going to use this to pad out the movie for Yeah, um, DC. I
1: know, like, I noticed already in the trailer, uh, Lucas is telling his story, like, he's reading it to the class. Oh. And instead okay. of three wolves, he's he stuck with three bears. Oh, no. Um... Which I think is fine. I don't. I didn't see yeah. why would be changed to wolves mm-hmm. in the story. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I also have another question. What do we think of Julia Gray as a character? Because she's our narrator, our first person. Uh,
1: she's all right. She's all right. She's very stand in. Like, t- just you know, most this is. How we think maybe most people would respond, wanting to help a child and protect it.
0: Um, The interesting, well, I noticed a couple details that I found a little interesting, and I think the I think uh, the writer was trying to make this apparent. She's uh, she works for Teach America or Teach for America, which I I thought was an interesting choice Mm because Teach for America is you it does not matter you you don't need to have any teaching experience whatsoever. And you can be Teach for America. And a lot of actually teachers tend to be, like, like actual teachers who are paid and uh, went through school to get this, to get the degree to teach, kind of look down on those who do that, I've Mm -hmm. heard. Or they're a little, like, iffy about them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing, too, is she also said she's not sure if teaching is... uh, is for her, but she's good with kids, so there's and she cares about them. So there's this. It shows that she has a care for kids, but maybe teaching's not for her. But then later on, there's this whole decision of it's her life versus the boy's life, and he they're like, give us to give him to us, yeah, and we'll let you go free. And she's she's basically deciding between should I should I or should I not? Um, and I. I don't know. I, I never saw her as this character that would debate in the like whether her life is more important than a child.
2: Yeah, so. but I don't know. Yeah, like I don't. Well, I mean, it's implied that she she likes the kids, but she doesn't really like the job so yeah. much. And like that's fine. I just it. It's like I kind of agree. I, I agree with say that. it's just she seemed kind of just she's just kind of there, and the circumstances of her job gave her enough you know, give her enough believability to be there as a, as a person and, and have it make sense that she would get into the situation. she does everything felt like a way to ease into a plausible situation of why is there this kid that now that has a, um, Uh, two relatives that are now wendigos so
0: (laughs) i I just find it interesting he chose teach for america rather than she's just a new teacher you know what i mean
2: well i mean yeah and i think that helps yeah you're right that kind of helps reinforce the idea too that she's working with uh kids who are less enfranchised you know
0: yeah well okay yeah that's true because that's that's the idea behind teach for america poor
2: town in west virginia i mean yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and that is the idea for teach for america is that you're put into schools that are uh or you teach at schools that are are uh, disadvantage or
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. are are not doing as well
1: and- in? I thought that like, we know yes she's like but she's also at the very beginning it says she's twenty three and she's only been teaching for two months.
2: Yeah, she's I thought brand new. that
1: would that way we would see more of that like her inexperience and like in her way of like handling Lucas and say whatnot. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really get too much of that. Yeah, Me I don't either. know if that like, was just a thrown out detail. She, but I, I just. She didn't have. She had some character, but she
2: didn't have a ton. No. Yeah,
1: and then Kayla mentioning like you didn't see her as a character that would debate about whether she would you know sacrifice this child I for her own
0: that's the thing i don't know it's 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 all i've seen for her is that she's done she goes above and beyond for this one kid like the like she and she even says um in like monologue is like isn't this what a teacher's supposed to be is isn't this what we're supposed to do
1: yeah, and that's fine because she's, she's still brand new. Maybe she still has this idealistic idea of like how she's going to help children, you know? So, and that's why she put so much energy into helping this one kid. Right. Yeah. And I mean, when I, it came to her being like, shit, do I throw this kid out and save myself? Like, that, though, fine for me because honestly, any, like, we're human. If it comes, to, unless it is your own child, your own blood, I think most people would be like, debating, uh, on some level, I want to save myself more than I really want to be a good person right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it came to, you know.
2: I I get that. Um, Well, I mean, one of my main things with this story, anyway, is that no one in it really has a lot of character. They're just kind of there. The sheriff is just kind of there. Okay, this really stuck out to me as a weird thing. um, uh, Julia's landlady, the woman who owns the house that uh, she's living in the cabin behind, is given a weird amount of detail for mm. like a couple paragraphs and there's some <laughs> yeah. there's some personality expecting- quirks that are implied and we and they're just kind of, they felt kind of thrown in and then we like never see her again except we hear her being killed off screen. Yeah. So like why put all of that in there if if we're not ever gonna get to know her as a character? It's just kind of like, here she is and here's what she's like and then she's gone after that scene and then she dies gruesomely off camera or off off page. We don't see her die, we only hear her die.
0: I think it's the idea. It like, like
2: it's just, why why try to develop this character if you're not going to do anything beyond that like paragraph or that that segment i don't know it was just it was just a weird um it was a weird detail that felt like oh this is going to build to something this character is going to actually factor in a little bit more but it the character development felt a little clumsy mhm
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: it just she was there i'm like so we had clumsy character development for someone who dies off screen
0: it's just I think that one of the tricky parts and I think a lot of I don't want to say newbie writers writers, but this can be kind of true there's this idea like if I give the character a little bit of description it will make you feel for them so when something bad happens it's like much more tragic and it's like "Mm."
2: I felt nothing
0: no no same. i did no, not not, oh yeah, not, so they, not even i didn't that feel scared
2: i didn't feel scared i mean i felt bad for the kid
0: oh i absolutely felt bad for the kid that's the
2: only person i felt bad for which is kind of to be expected because he's been through some shit but like everybody else, is, was just cannon fodder they were just there to move the story along that's even right uh, even rachel even julia yeah even julia even so i mean i think that's where my kind of like just kind of ehness at the story goes because think about creepypasta protagonist yeah and then don't because they don't matter
0: yeah <laughs> I only have a few questions for, um, this, uh, if, uh, unless, uh, do we have anything I, else to I say? I don't know if
2: there's much more to say about this. I think we covered it pretty well. I
0: am ready for questions.
2: Let's do these questions.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna begin with the joke question from Slime Beast cause hey. I have a way to reinterpret this. Yeah. <laughs> and he says this exactly how I am saying. Why the boy be quiet?
2: Cause he don't like the
0: antlers No actually, uh now that and that got me thinking, um, and here's something to discuss. Why ha- why is a boy quiet? Or rather, why hasn't he said anything to anyone? Why didn't he go to uh Why didn't he like talk to an adult or like went to another teacher and like or like again sees his family dead? Why didn't he?
1: Well, I mean, even Julio answers that in uh in 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 somewhere in there where like no one would have believed him. Yeah, so why why even say anything?
2: My parent, my brother, and my dad are dead, and they're now cannibal spirits.
0: Well, even then, like you could, he could have said, like they're my my. But dad. he knew, but
2: he knew if the, if they were let out of the house that they're gonna go kill a lot of people. Oh, good that's point. the other thing too. Good
0: point. And then
2: I mean, I, the, the the logic of this mythos is relatively sound. He's quiet enough because he's like, I don't want to bring this on anyone else,
0: and he doesn't want to be noticed either. Yeah. You know? And then it, again, as mentioned before, he is basically um, from. The poorest of the poor, and those kids usually kind of get brushed off to the side, and it's it's sad that that happens. To be honest,
2: yeah, I don't know. That why the boy be quiet.
0: That's why the that boy- why <laughs> the, boy the boy be, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> okay, so and then I got two questions from uh, Bringer. Thank you, Bringer. Um, it has good viewpoints from the teacher side, but. Do you think some of it is a little blunt? I did actually ask him what he meant by blunt, and he's like, "Like, why would a teacher be so quick to go over to a kid's house, or should have been taken more time for her to decide to do it?"
1: Uh, but,
0: well, at this point, she's already been watching the kid for like two months. Yeah. So
1: I feel like we're just coming into the story when she's finally deciding to to really approach him, especially after reading this story.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he. This is the first time he does something because what what starts it too is she sees that he's putting a lot of effort into this story and then also is drawing. And then she actually looks into a program where he can draw and, like, uh, would be funded. And um, the only thing that she realizes this something wrong is when she says, "Oh, you're gonna need your father's signature," and he says, "I changed my mind. I'm not interested anymore." And she's like, w- "Are you sure?" He's like, "I'm not interested. I'm sorry," and just leaves. Just that one mention of "You're gonna need your parent's signature," and <laughs> or "I'm gonna need to talk to your father." Exactly. Yeah, so, and I think Cause
2: there's there's really no way he's gonna get out of that situation without it eventually being revealed that there are two corpses in his house. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and I I that probably again like any person who would see that their first thought is oh he's in an abusive situation yeah well, i mean he really is in an abusive situation but it's not what they think mm-hmm. um so i mean i don't eh. I-, I think again i think i'm agreeing with sade i think uh this is like uh the time it took for her again she's been watching him for two months and this is the first time yeah
2: i didn't that, i didn't i didn't really think about the logic of that but yeah it it make the pacing didn't bother me in that sense uh, actually that's more the characterization but it didn't bother me it's just uh, kind of bland
0: actually that's what bringer puts up uh what do you feel about the pacing of the story pacing was actually okay i actually thought the pacing was really well done in this like uh as, but again the the way that it was written for um her going to the house and then stumbling upon the dead bodies i think that was actually really there was a lot of t- like nervous anxious moments that I really liked mm-hmm. and, like, fearful moments that it's like, oh, something is not right about this house and, um, like, it's just... Again, there's a couple of creepypasta beats, but I there's actually other parts that I was like, oh, I'm... what's uh-huh. going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think the pacing
1: was fine. I think there was a little bit of padding in a couple like interactions with characters that, in the end, didn't add to the story, like the like the woman who owns the house or the fellow teacher who was making comments uh, to her, yeah, uh, I feel like. That didn't need to be there. Well, <laughs> but at the end, like the pacing was fine. Like if we're gonna call this story a creepy pasta, I think it it's a well written creepy pasta.
2: Um, I I stand by what I say at the beginning. It's a well written creepy pasta, but it's a creepy pasta.
0: <laughs> I, I think. That, well, wasn't the teacher the the purpose of the teacher was to give her a little bit more insight and then also say, I think that's his only pair of clothes. Cause she actually give, um buys him clothes, yeah, oh, and he was so excited about them. So I nice. know that, that that part pulls at your heartstrings. It yeah. does. I like I, I, that was such a nice thing for her to do. That's that's why I. That's one of the reasons why I thought, okay, why would she be debating like this? Because it's like she's doing a so much for this boy. Like she's really, oh, pulling for him. I do appreciate. Well, I mean, it. that's one thing when you when you think all you have to do
1: is is buy the kid some some clothes and you know reach out to the parents and then maybe call someone call someone like child services to take in over after you've done the initial
0: good point it's
1: another thing to like sacrifice yourself in defending some child that you also that also don't actually know at all
0: that's a good point okay yeah that's okay i can see that oh no.
1: i mean that's that's just me maybe being
0: cynical but yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so uh, that, those are the only questions. Do we have any final thoughts on this story?
2: Uh, I, I'll be interested to see. I don't know if I, I'm particularly jonesing to see this movie, but I'll be curious to see how it gets how it gets adapted from this story mm-hmm. and what kind of liberties it has to take in order to make this a, a feature length film.
0: I, I mean, there's been a lot of um, movies that have been based off short stories. Yeah, but and for the most part, it, it it does have to do with it's not just that one short story. It does get it just gets more and more developed, and mm-hmm. it becomes something bigger. Like go <laughs> so ahead, I, uh, I was gonna give, I was trying to cite, gonna cite an example, but actually my example's not a really good one. So
1: <laughs> fair enough. Well.
0: The movie's gonna is being directed by Scott Cooper,
1: and but the reason I was interested just based on the the trailer, I I'm still really into Windigos. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I said, I'm working on a Windigo doll. I've actually got a story that is has a Windigo that I should have written fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but it's being produced by Guillermo del Toro.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. So that
1: that gives me a glimmer of of hope that it'll at least be decent and fun to watch in theaters.
2: Yeah. Well, that's so. that's totally viable. I mean, g- keep in mind Guillermo was also involved in uh The Scary Stories movie. Yeah. And I enjoyed that one yeah i realized it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the best movie but it was no
1: but it was was still a fun experience especially because we got to see it with with good friends
2: yeah that made the Uh, that that whole experience was a lot better because of us all being getting to see it
1: (laughs) um i i do have a question for david if if say you had read this story a couple years ago uh just as another creepy pasta photo floating online, yeah. Would it have potential for the midnight marinara treatment?
2: Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. I might have actually considered it a few years I ago for the for midnight marinara.
0: Actually, this isn't. This would have
2: been a good one for that. It's yeah. kind of places that are non-visual that it could have totally worked.
0: And also, yeah, actually, I, the more I think about it, this, actually, would be a really good one because like, there's a lot of creepy sounds you can add. Um, there's uh, there's not like. Twenty million characters uh um i I feel like i'm trying the only part that i think would be tricky is her going into the house i think that would probably be shorter
2: yeah i think it would then you it'd be that thing where she's going through the house i can picture it now going through the house there you don't see obviously she she's she's like hello hello and then there's a loud gasp we smash cut to later with with uh with her talking to the police Maybe have explaining her, that she saw two dead bodies in there, yeah. you know that kind of thing.
0: Maybe her doing a blood curdling scream or something,
2: something along those lines. yeah.
0: You could do the the nine one one call. Oh, that would be yeah. so fun to yeah. put together a nine one one call.
1: Yeah, that'd be like, amazing.
0: There's yeah, and she's like panicking and
1: yeah.
2: No, this would have been... I think, I think. you know, whenever I, I find a story that has potential for Midnight era usually I take some liberties with the adaptation to try and give some mm-hmm. of the characters a little more personality, too. And, again, I feel like this is a story that has the potential in adaptation to be stronger. So I hope the movie is a good adaptation of it because i could see this as i would you know what this would had i discovered this uh, this if this was the kind of story i would have read a few years ago i I definitely would have considered it for midnight marinara and probably would have done that done the thing i usually do where i would have tentatively asked if i could do an adaptation of it but again this was written this year and as of this year midnight marinara is now on a if a story comes to me and i want to do it approach
0: yeah 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 this came out in january of 2019 so very recent yeah so for um thank you for joining us for november's read um it was definitely it was an interesting one but yeah uh we're also we're gonna do something a little more different for the next one and actually um, gonna be in a completely different location um okay our, our next novel is gonna be five midnights by anne davia cardinal uh an interesting and actually, a, an interesting tale that takes place in Puerto Rico, and it's a Ooh. young adult novel. So, um, okay, I, I think this—it's meant for teens and young adults, but. I think it's an. I think it'll be an interesting. There's some good
2: young adult novels out there that I've enjoyed, and I know people who are young adult writers. I think I think that genre gets a lot of flack, but I think it's worth looking into.
0: Absolutely. So, um, if you guys want to uh, read along, go to check out your local library or um,
2: libraries are the best.
0: Yes. uh, Support libraries. Yes, please support your libraries. Also,
2: having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card.
1: I've got a on my library card I put darkly lit stickers.
0: Yay! Oh,
2: I like that. I
0: like that too. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I need to actually decorate our library cards. Well, I need to get a new library Do it. card you do well uh have you seen my my uh library card i've destroyed it
2: oh no i haven't
0: (laughs) it's it's basically because it's on my keychain and it's falling apart oh good point (laughs) um so i need i definitely need a new one Mm -hmm. uh but yeah thank you for joining us here on darkly lit um please uh listen to our other podcasts on uh creative horror networks such as um you guys can plug your Podcast
2: Undercooked Analysis is back. It's going to be happening uh, once every once every other week now. So expect more of us looking at original fiction submitted by listeners, where we critique in our usual candid, nasty, terrible, but completely loving and caring way at the <laughs> same time. Somehow, uh, Midnight Marinera just dropped a new episode, which is going to be which is part of a new trend. Where I promise I will not let a, a year go by without at least one episode coming out. Uh, it's an episode written by me and fellow uh, create, uh, creative horror creator Alan Chaney uh, called The Fallboard." Well worth checking out if you like diegetic piano music. Um, I quite enjoyed putting that one together, and it was a long time in the making, so uh, that's worth a look.
1: And the Witching Hour podcast is still a thing. <laughs> um We just cover a variety of whatever the hell we want, honestly, is what it's come down to. It's all horror-related, and most of it is sometimes kind of gay, but we (laughs) have a lot of fun doing it, and check it out if you just want to hear really just a bunch of nonsense and serial killer talk and fangirling.
2: Works for me. I enjoy the show. (laughs) I'm looking (laughs) forward to its spinoff, The Shipping Manifest, where all you do is (laughs) talk about all your ships.
0: Oh, no, it's, yeah, i actually genuinely like the witching hours prop in terms of like the podcast on, on creative horror. it's like one of my top ones like, oh, thank I think you it's like one of my top two so <sighs> we, we we try to have fun so
2: it's it's clear when you listen to it that they're having fun so
0: <laughs> to listen. it is awesome um Again, thank you for joining us. And uh yeah, well, we better be careful to walk home tonight because uh, we don't want to be caught by a Wendigo. I maybe cannot.
1: we maybe we should.
0: I'm work. gonna I'm gonna go
1: start my part time as a delivery pizza boy. Wish me uh, luck, guys. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Good uh, luck. Ha- oh yeah. So yeah, be careful out there. Um, if anybody orders a uh, a large. Um, a large Hawaiian pizza, don't worry, that's us.
0: We're disgusting people. We are we are the true monsters, apparently.
2: Hey, let's not blow the candles out. We're going to need these if we're going to avoid uh when it goes tonight. Yeah, all
0: right. Good night, everyone.
2: Good night.